We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. The Pro-America Report. People have asked me about that title. I have to tell you that the future of this country, maybe the world, is wrapped up in that phrase, Pro-America. And, you know, many years ago, I was uh, just working with Phyllis Schlafly, late Phyllis Schlafly, for a little while. Later, she named me her successor of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, of which I'm still president. Extraordinary woman. And she told me that the the uh, future of America, the greatness of America, she didn't say it quite as dramatically as I'm saying now, but we're talking about what's going on. And she said, it's based on the family. It's based on the rule of law. And ultimately, it's based on God, because God is the one that gives us the best uh, way to live together and why the rule of law matters and why truth matters and honesty and everything else. So the pro-America report, pro-America, well, right now I'd say it's pro-Trump, it's pro-family, it's pro-life, it's pro-military superiority, it's pro-America first. You get the point. Uh, but at the starting point is God, country, excuse me, God, family, and country. That's another phrase Phyllis Schlafly used a lot. So anyway, glad you're here with the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, you can always listen to these programs as a podcast. Wherever you get your sh- podcasts, uh, download this one. Search for Ed Martin. Search for Pro-America Report. Also, the movement, the Ed Martin movement. That was the sh- name of the show before. You'll find it there. Uh, now, let me invite you to something special. Uh, if you go to phyllisschlafly.com, which is the website for my organization, uh, the one that I'm the president of, Phyllis Schlafly started, you'll see on the right-hand side a link. I'm looking at it right now myself on my laptop. On In the corner it says, Members Only Online Course. Online Course. Members Only Online Course. The course is called The Constitution According to President Trump. Now, I'm the guy teaching that course. Uh, and here's what I wanted to tell you. Tonight... I have a couple of uh, extra passes to be able to go and and to uh, be a part of that course. It starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. San Diego time, 1 o'clock East Coast time. And it'll be about 45 minutes of a lecture, Q&A, and a discussion. And tomorrow's the first course. There'll be at least 11, could be 12, the way it's going. And let me just tell you the basics of why I'm doing it. There's never been a president that has taught us more about the Constitution than Donald Trump. Since he's been office, he's been attacked in every conceivable way, in every from every angle, and often his defenses have been the Constitution. Article 1 versus Article 2 versus Article 3, that's, you know, the uh, the um, uh, legislature versus the executive versus the judiciary. That's the Constitution. The Emoluments Clause, the Impeachment Clause, the uh, Pardon Power, um, the uh, uh, Separation of Powers, the, the Role of Judicial Review, all these kinds of things 
are, are, are wrapped up in the Constitution. Electoral College. People attack the Electoral College, and that's what, you know, we played by that system for all these years. So anyway, so I th- decided to do this course on the Constitution using how the president has had uh, attacks and has articulation. Oh, even another one is um, immigration. Whose role is it to define immigration, right, under the Constitution? And why does it matter? What does it mean to be a nation? The Constitution's at the heart of this stuff. So we're going to undertake that. It's going to be a great project. It's going to be about, I think as I mentioned, at least 11 weeks. I might add a week because I got some ideas from listeners. But right now, if you go to phyllisschlafly.com, actually, what you need to do is email me. Email me at ed at phyllisschlafly.com, and I'll get you, uh, I have three free passes to uh, take this course. And um, so if you want to do that, ed at phyllisschlafly.com, ed at phyllisschlafly.com, uh, you can ping me. I will let you, uh, I'll send you the passcode and you can come in. Uh, uh, it's a pay, it's a, a paid service. Uh, Project Pro America is what that is. It's a group of us that are working on making America great through Pro America. It's called Project Pro America. you find out more there. But I've got three sp- separate uh, freebies, free passes for you to take part in this course, The Constitution According to Donald Trump. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, you should uh, uh, take a look. Okay. Um, now, in a few moments, I'll break some news for you that you probably heard, but it will be un- it's unbelievable uh, about the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, how single-handedly one of the greatest feminists, uh, icons of the last uh, 50 years, has killed the ERA. Uh, killed it, killed it, killed it. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Ruth Bader Ginsburg had, did an interview yesterday, and uh, she killed it. But before we get to that, what is it you need to know? Well, let me tell you what you need to know today. It's New Hampshire primary night. And already I can tell you the biggest loser is Joe Biden. Joe Biden, halfway through today, earlier today, he decided to leave uh, New Hampshire and head to South Carolina. He said, you know, I, I'm, I got too much to do. I'm going to South Carolina, meaning he already knows he's going to lose. And they're trying to spin this. So Joe Biden's campaign is fading. And I want to invoke for you uh, what I tell people is sort of the fake because I don't know who used that first. Uh, but the idea is that people have been looking for a reason to bail on Joe Biden. And they didn't do it because they were they heard over and over again from the media that Joe Biden is really popular with African-Americans and he's really head to head, really a good candidate versus Trump. And they wanted to beat Trump. And suddenly, by dint of campaigning and uh, hearing him speak, they realized he can't be president. Joe Biden can't be president. And so his loss in Iowa and now his loss in New Hampshire is what I call a fake because it's an excuse to bail on Biden and the bailing will happen. Joe Biden, mark my words now, Joe Biden will be out of the race by the end of this week. There's no way to save him because he has no real money in his own campaign coffers. People aren't giving to him. They're not going online and doing it. You know, Bernie Sanders raised a hundred million dollars last year, 2019, from five million contributions. Joe Biden is having a terrible time raising money, so he had a super PAC parked outside with big donors, and the super PAC was going to prop him up. Those people are sick of losing. They don't just have money. They're not burning money for fun. And so the fact is, the reality is, what the direction of things is, is that he's out. He's out. Okay, so that's one thing. The second thing is, I think Elizabeth Warren may be done, too, because I believe Elizabeth Warren will come in fourth Maybe, maybe a distant fourth. And when she does, I think she's over. She could come in fifth, actually. But I think when she does, she's just over. She raised a lot of money, but some of her money raised was masked by it was money that she raised on her uh, in her Senate campaign and transferred it. 
So I think you're going to see that she um, takes a, a, a walks out of this race if New Hampshire goes because it, it, New Hampshire is supposed to be her backyard. She's a Massachusetts senator. The largest media market that covers New Hampshire is Boston. So she should have had a natural uh, uh, base here. And if she doesn't do well, she'll be out. So where does that leave us? Well, I think you're going to see uh, Bernie do b- win big, big. Big time tonight. And I think you're going to see Buttigieg do okay. And I think Klobuchar is going to do okay. So what's going to happen pretty quickly now is it's Bernie. And you would, I would have said until maybe 12 hours ago um, that uh, Bloomberg was in the picture. Except earlier today, in an effort to take care of Bloomberg, someone leaked audio where he basically said, just take a Xerox of every time you pick somebody up. It's the same people. It's young African-American males. He's talking about stop and frisk. And when you use the phrase Xerox about young African-American males, it's not good. Not good. So social media and everything else was in massive spin mode. So I don't think Bloomberg is a real candidate, not for long. But here's what's real. He's got so much money, and he's now figured out how to spend it. I don't think he's going away. In other words, I think he may become a guy that stays in the race for a while and uses, as I I said to you last night, remember this detail. When you're a declared candidate for president or any other office, you get access to the um, rates, the cost, the rates of advertising is much lower than if you're an individual or a company. So if, you know, um, if um, candidate Mike Bloomberg goes in and says, I want to buy a 60 second ad, it, it may be still expensive, but it's, it's, it may be cost $100, let's say. But if an organization like uh, the Phyllis Schlafly Legals goes in to buy the same time, it may cost $150. In other words, the law makes the advertisers sell to candidates cheaper than to organizations and individuals. So Bloomberg could stay in this race for a while, get a discount on, on his uh, ads, know he's not going anywhere, and spend his money. But pretty soon, he's, I think he'll have decided he's not going to win, and he'll pick one of the horses. And he'll back one, Klobuchar perhaps, Judge, perhaps, and he'll become the kingmaker. And Bloomberg, as a kingmaker, is pretty potent. He's pretty potent because he's got a lot of money and he's got a smart team. He's not, he hasn't hired dumb people. He's hired smart people. So what you're seeing in New Hampshire tonight is a, a, a sifting, a sifting through of all these candidates. Now, I guess I should back off a little bit on saying Biden's out this week. Maybe it'll take another week. There's going to be a few weeks between now, New Hampshire, and the next rounds. You know, Nevada and South Carolina come fast. But I just think you're going to see, uh, and, the, and, the, and the largest reason, the biggest reason why, not largest, biggest reason why is you can't raise money. The, the the thing just starts to dry. If you're not Bloomberg and don't have a fortune, the thing just starts to dry, dry up fast. You got all kinds of staff you hired. You got all kinds of people. You can't pay them all. You're watching the burn rate go, and you just got to pull the plug on it. Uh, people that don't know campaigns and haven't seen this don't know how it's it's kind of like a startup business that's like one bad turn or one election day away from being over. Just boom, it's gone. And you got people that are hanging, uh, hanging there uh, with it. So, all right, um, that's what I know. That's what I know in New Hampshire. Let's uh, take a break. Don't forget, uh, go to phyllislafley.com. I mentioned and check out the uh, the Constitution according to President Trump, the course I'm teaching starting tomorrow, Wednesday. You can go there and find out more. We'll be right back, and we'll talk about the ERA, Equal Rights Amendment, and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg agreeing with me. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. And we have um, a very interesting development over the last uh, day and a half. Extraordinary, really. On on uh, Thursday this week, Nancy Pelosi will bring to the floor of the United States House. Uh, by the way, this is Ed Martin of the Pro-America Report. Glad to have you here tonight. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, go to edmartinlive.com and sign up. And when you do, you will get my daily email. Um, so do that, edmartinlive.com. You'll see a sign-up pop-up box right there. Um, very interesting week. Um Nancy Pelosi announced that she's going to take to the floor of the House a and a bill uh, and vote on it that would strip out of the current Equal Rights Amendment the language that has a time limit. There was in the original Equal Rights Amendment, which was passed in the ni- early 1970s, a time limit, and it was to expire about seven years later, and then they moved it out two more years, I think it was, and it expired after nine years. It was expired in 1981 or two totally dead and nobody thought about it for 20 years and a few years ago some folks that decided that they wanted to um uh do something and uh, and move forward and uh and uh, uh with the ERA said hey let's ignore the uh, the deadline uh, the date on it let's just move ahead without we don't worry about it what do we care and so they started pushing to have this thing passed. Well, they realized that that wasn't going to work because it was expired so they changed tactics and decided to try to remove in the congress the deadline so They've been doing this. Anyway, Pelosi's going to do this for the feminists. They're going to put it on the floor of the House and vote on it. So here's the interesting thing. Let me pause. The Equal Rights Amendment, which came up in the 70s, um, was purported to be necessary to give women uh, equal uh, rights under the law in America. Now, they had equal rights, and they still do, And they, um, but this was what they were purporting to do, and it was going to be a constitutional amendment, and there's lots of reasons it's a bad idea. Uh, first and foremost, if you happen to be remotely conservative in any way, or even just common sense, it, you, you worried about the fact that it would require, so the language of it is, um, equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged on account of sex. Now, a couple of things. One, it's been held at state in state courts and others that this means that abortion would be a right. You couldn't discriminate against women and, and stop them from having abortion. So abortion would be legal, period. It also says that you would, it has been held, that you would be required to pay tax dollars. Tax dollars would have to pay for it. That if Medicare covered procedures for men, it would have to cover this for women. So that's one. Two, now, and my this is big for me, I think this is a big issue now, uh, on account of sex has been read and argued that it really means anything to do with gender. And ERA and the Constitution would immediately eliminate any place where you preferred women or men. And it would mean that transgender could go into any sports or any school or any all-girls club or any all-girls anything. So anyway, back to the ERA. So the ERA was proposed. It was supposed to be a help for women. It's not a help for women. It would be a terrible thing. And especially if you're, again, if you're conservative. But here's what happened that's so extraordinary. On Monday at Georgetown University, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg did an interview. And in the interview, she very plainly said, uh, very surprising. I'm going to tell you something about why this is so surprising. She very plainly said that... um, you you know it would be nice she said um you know it would be nice to have the ERA she was a proponent of the ERA for many many decades she was one of the organizers and she said she was doing an interview she said um you know it, it, it's too bad i'd like to see it but it's too bad it would have to start again 
Ginsburg said there's too much controversy about latecomers, states that are added after the deadline. Plus, a number of states have withdrawn their ratification. So if you count a latecomer on the plus side, how can you disregard the states that say we've changed their minds? Five states, Idaho, Kentucky, Nebraska, Tennessee, and South Dakota, had later rescinded. So here's the point. Um, Here's the great thing. I believe this is an indication that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is no longer at the top of her game because she is one of the most respected. I'm not saying I like her policies. I'm saying I respect the fact that she's a ruthless fighter for her agenda and was for decades. And so when she said this, I think she was being honest. She wasn't being political. Because the political Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the 1960s and 70s would not have bothered to say the truth. She would have spun. And in this case, she told the truth. And so even Vox, which is a left-wing website, even Vox is saying... This is uh, the end of the the Ruth Bader Bader Ginsburg, just to put the death knell in this. Now, here's what's interesting. Halfway through the article on Vox, it says, Justice Ginsburg, feminist legacy, teeters on a knife's edge. So here's the, here's the, they're starting to be critical of her, the notorious RBG, for telling the truth. She told the truth about this, and they're mad because you're not supposed to tell the truth. You're supposed to advance the agenda. You're not supposed to rely on precedent and that common sense law. No, you're supposed to advance the agenda. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg told the truth. She told the truth. And here's the great thing about conservatives. For a change, we should do what they do to us. When Mitt Romney stands up and says, I had these deep thoughts, the left goes, oh, good, we have a Republican. We'll use him as our, 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 our we'll point to him. Well, in this case, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, doesn't you have to take my word for it? You don't have to take the national right to life, which says uh, ERA would be abortion on demand with tax dollars. You don't have to take the, the um, uh, people who say don't let transgenders in our sports and kill girls sports. You don't have to take anybody's word. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, you can't do this. And we should not bother trying to argue about anything else other than that. We should be really clear on the fact that this is um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She laid it out for us. And we know what the deal is now, and we should just not, you know, it's over. That it's a, it's a great victory. Now, what will happen, and what is happening today in Washington, is congressmen and women are arguing about having a new, if you can believe it, a new museum for women. Spending tax dollars, authorization from the, on the mall, and, and Pelosi's pushing that with the lefties, and a bunch of the Republicans who are going to vote against ERA, because they know it's stupid and bad, are saying, well, you know, what's wrong with the Museum for Women? We don't need a constant, we don't need a, a, a congressional created uh, a museum for women. We don't need something that, remember when the African American Museum opened on the mall and there was nothing about Clarence Thomas? You don't have to like his politics to say he's an African American at the highest level. I mean, it's just crazy. So we're going to have a women's museum with tax dollars, congressional approval run by the swamp. How's that going to turn out? You think that you think Pelosi will have a big exhibit? You think Phyllis Schlafly will? No. It's a terrible idea. It's a feminist idea. It's a feminist dream. Now, is it? That's 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 better than an ERA. I mean, if you make me pick priorities, killing ERA, ending ERA is better than a museum, a dumb museum that no one cares to go to. You know, no one's going to go. No one's going to arrive in D.C. and say, "I could go to the World War II Memorial. I could go to the." Um, archives and see the constitution or i can go to the the museum for women come on look at the museum they, the fake museum was running they, they overextended themselves actually this is a good lesson they overextended themselves and went out ran out of money but they were privately held 
So what's going to happen with the Museum of Women, even if they say it'll be private money raised, that's not how it works. It becomes a racket for Congress. A congressionally created authorized event becomes a racket. There'll be earmarks. There'll be paybacks. There'll be all kinds of things. It's a disaster. But this is a big week for that. And we'll watch. The ERA will be killed. It won't succeed on... uh, It may pass the House on Thursday, but it won't go any further. But the Museum for Women, it's a terrible idea. But again, celebrate now. I'm going to say this over and over again. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, thank you, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for your fearless leadership in the face of the feminist onslaught that's trying to make you lie about the ERA right now. We are proud and pleased that you stood up in this case and did the right thing. Thank you, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. God bless you. I hope you're doing well. I do hope you resign soon so that we can fill your vacancy with someone who's in better uh, health than you, because clearly the old Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have never told the truth. Never. So it's refreshing and wonderful. Uh, But seriously, it might be a good time to resign now that you've done this. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will uh, do an interview. We've got our old friend Scott Schneider, excuse me, Scott Schneider, Mark Schneider, who will explain to us exactly what is the deal with Yucca Mountain in Nevada. We're coming towards Nevada next week or 10 days for their primaries or caucuses, and uh, we'll be hearing more about that. So we'll come back and talk to at sub Schneider, Mark Schneider, famous nuclear proponent, the hashtag green nuclear deal. Be right back. Ed Martin the Pro-America Report. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report and our old friend Mark Schneider at SubSchneider on Twitter. And I encourage you to get there because he also does his Periscopes there. And that's you can, you can go to Periscope, too. But Periscope is, of course, a function of Twitter. And inside there, last week, he did a very nice, uh, I think it was like 30 minutes, could have been a little longer, uh, uh, Periscope and covered the topic I want to cover, which is Yucca Mountain. Okay, Yucca Mountain. Now, if you're not a Nevadan... You may not realize what Yucca Mountain is. If you are, or Californian, I suppose, also, and some others, you know about it. I knew about it because in Missouri, uh, we would get um, told that there's a chance that they were going to transport nuclear waste from wherever through Missouri to Yucca Mountain. And people go crazy when they hear that. They think it's like it's going to be like fall off the tracks and kill everybody. And so it was a sort of constant question when I was chief of staff to the governor of Missouri, you know, whether this is going to happen and what would happen. But let's get to the cut to the chase here. So welcome back mark schneider first of all great to have you on it's been a while how are things oh things are going great ed um you know i appreciate you having me on well, and of course, Mark Schneider is very famous for uh, the green nuclear deal, which is a, 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 a sort of derivative of the green green the, the green new deal, which is what uh, AOC wants to do, which would crash the economy, spend everything on the wrong places. And Mark said, "Hey, wait! If you do nuclear, that's going to solve all your green problems as well as other energy problems." So uh, go to hashtag green nuclear deal too. But Mark, walk us through what exactly is Yucca Mountain supposed to be? What was what's the reality behind it? You know, what do we know? It, it, it's supposed to be a place where they bury a bunch of waste, right, that was supposed to be safer. But tell us what it means and why it's in the news and what's going on. Yeah, so it's in the news because the president just tweeted in support of Nevadans and, and basically not recommencing construction on the site. Um, what Yucca Mountain was supposed to be is, is all the utilities came together with the government to fund a place to store their spent nuclear fuel. Um, and then it was canceled by uh, early on in the Obama administration, which, by the way, the, the left are going absolutely pro-nuclear left are going absolutely crazy anti-Obama right now because of him shutting it down and Trump bringing that back in the news. 
Um, so that was the big, the big thing about it. Now, as far as transporting this fuel, here's something that's crazy you may not know. The containers that the nuclear, the spent nuclear fuel, right? by the way, it's a solid. It's literally a bunch of rods that are, that are an assembly. So it's all solid. There's no liquids in this at all. Um, the containers that they're, they're stored in, they literally ran a train into them uh, as part of their testing. So these things can take a train at full speed and not be damaged to the point of causing any kind of release of radiation. Hmm. Okay. So if you don't put it in Yucca Mountain, where do you put it? Well, right now you have, uh, it's at like 72 sites throughout the United States and all the, uh, all the commercial reactors. If you go to my Twitter feed, at Subschneider, uh, you'll see my selfies with spent nuclear waste, uh, with that nuclear waste. And you'll see me with my little dosimeter uh, that measures radiation. You'll see it's at 0.0. It's safe right there. You can actually walk up and hug the containers and have no problems. Uh, we're talking with Mark Schneider, and I, I don't know if I want to hug uh, containers of spent nuclear waste. I mean, even if you've convinced me that it's not a big deal, I just am going to not bother hugging them. But, uh, but Mark, more importantly, I thought you convinced me that you could use a lot of that waste in the in the next generation of nuclear plants. So walk us through that. Is that is that is this a different kind of a waste uh, created it from the old thing that's going you're going to be we're going to be stuck with, or what, what's the story there? Ed, you're 100% right. That waste, we've only used about 2 to 4% of the energy that's in it. And these new advanced generation 4 reactors, specifically the fast reactors, they can use that waste as their fuel. And then, you know, it's almost better to not have it in Yucca Mountain because I have it all over the United States. And I could basically build a factory at all these uh, nuclear sites and just take that waste, put it in there, process it, put it in a brand new reactor, and then, you know, ship that reactor out because that's how the new ones are going to be. They were built in factories. And then, you know, I don't ha- I've got basically 70 sites in the United States to be making uh, nuclear reactors to, to power the nation in a green, clean way. So, Mark, is this, uh, I mean, I know you care about it because uh, you, um, because it's kind of what you do, but also it feels to me like you're trying to get us again. You're teaching us that, you can't. You don't need to be scared of this. This is another step along the way of like, hey, you know, if the if you're watching uh, Chernobyl and you're being conditioned to think, oh my gosh, this could be terrible. Instead, you're saying, hey, hold on. Now in the modern era, it looks like this, and I I, th- I see you doing that because you're really good at it and you've been so successful on the whole nuclear uh, thing in the last couple of years. What's your feeling on it? I mean, in the sense that are you succeeding with the general public? Are they getting more comfortable with nuclear? Are you making I know you're making progress with policymakers. They're having hearings and and listening differently than they did. Is the general public or are they just afraid of, uh, you know, Three Mile Island except blowing the tops off of everybody's homes? You know, um, I am seeing a lot of, uh, of just regular uh, people coming out there and uh, supporting it. You talked about hashtag Green Nuclear Deal. And up until about uh, six weeks ago, I was basically the only one using that and a few of my followers. Now I look at it and there's people who I have no idea who they are. They don't follow me. And they have it in their profile name now. So nuclear is, is about to make a giant resurgence. The public is definitely warming to it. They're excited about it. Um, you know, I get lots of great questions all the time. I've got new followers jumping on, asking me questions. And I feel like I'm repeating myself all the time. But it's great because people are excited. They're thirsty for this. And they're learning and they're realizing that they've been lied to for decades about the dangers of nuclear energy. 
Hmm. It is. Uh, I think so, too. And uh, the question is now, I, I, I've read. Um, well, let me say it this way. Rick Perry was great on this issue. I think you've told me uh, a lot. You know, he said, hey, he came in. He moved uh, some good people in to start working on this, got out of their way. Is And now he's gone. I think he's gone. Is he totally gone yet? I don't know if he was he's resigning. Now, I don't yeah. know what the timeline was. Yeah. So what has the Trump administration lived up to what you wanted? Um. For the most part, um, I wish that, that uh, the president himself would come out more in favor of nuclear energy. But I think that uh, one of the things that and, and he's probably a better strategist than me. But what I'm seeing, honestly, is that there's a giant shift inside the Republican Party itself. And the Republican Party looks like they're going to become a monolith in favor of nuclear energy. And they're about to steal climate change from the Democrats. Now, I have lots of conversation with Democrats that are pro-nuclear, and they are seeing it, too, and they are terrified because they're going to lose the climate change argument to the Republicans. And that's a crazy thing mm-hmm. to think about. You know, you know, just a few, a few months ago, you know, Republicans were anti-science, and now all of a sudden it looks like the Democrats got a small portion that's the pro-nuclear folks that are the pro-science, and the rest of them are going to be anti-science using unreliable renewable energy as the solution to climate change. Is uh, OK, but when in, you I know you care about um, I know you care. Well, I think you care about whether one side or the other wins, but really you care about making the right things happen. And so are the Democrats coming along? Um, so there is a movement amongst the Democrats, but they seem to be a little harder to move because um, a lot of them are entrenched in this. You know, the best way to describe is boutique environmentalism, magical thinking. You know, they they only want to listen about the positive benefits of renewables and don't realize that they actually put more toxic waste um, into the into the uh, environment than, than you know maybe everything except coal. Um, you know, so it's it's interesting, uh, you know, hearing them. And then they they also don't want to realize that. And here's something that you may not you may not know is that every time I yeah. build a wind or solar farm, I have to build a fossil plant. As a backup. So for basically you get right. one power plant's worth of power for the price of two. Huh. I didn't know that. I did. I actually did not know that. What's well, good. See, that's why you're that's why you're Mark Schneider and I'm not. So at sub Schneider <laughs> on Twitter and uh, and very important to follow him and keep going. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the update on Yucca and all these other things. It's uh, it's great to uh, get your uh, insight as always. And we'll follow you on social media. We'll be back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be right back. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Hey, we're going to finish with a bang. I'm in a bad mood now. I'm pretty torqued. I'm reading up on this, and it's annoying me. It's not more than annoying me. It's making me really, really angry. I'm really angry about the fact that um, we're in a situation where, uh, and, and whether you call it the deep state or the bureaucrats or the whatever you want to call it, things are out of control in this country. They have been out of control, and they need to get under control. And what I'm specifically talking about is the Roger Stone sentencing memo that came from the prosecutors in his case, which asked for seven to nine years in prison. You can you can get it. You can kill someone with your car, and you don't get seven to nine years. And so these prosecutors rep- uh, uh, recommended this, and immediately the DOJ, within a few hours, withdrew that and said, "We're changing that recommendation." Th- those prosecutors who work at the U.S. Attorney's Office in 
Washington, D.C. That's the federal prosecutor in the District of Columbia, not in Maine Justice. And Maine Justice Department said... We were briefed on that, and we were told we weren't told it was that severe. That that, that that's way too much. Now the prosecutors have quit. The prosecutors in the case have quit. In other words, the people that were demanding this insane sentence on Roger Stone have quit. Aaron Zelinsky is his name, the main guy, lead attorney, Aaron Zelinsky. It's time to investigate these prosecutors. It's time to get to the bottom of the case. Now here's another example. General Flynn, on Sunday, okay, let me break some news to you. You may know I'm an attorney. I practiced law for a while. I worked for a federal court of appeals judge as a clerk, which is the highest level you can get to. It's like the major leagues of clerking. You know, the only thing better than clerking at the court of federal court of appeals is the Supreme Court, but only one team gets to go up. It's like the Yankees or the Supreme Court or the, the Dodgers or the St. Louis, one team. The rest of us that played in the major leagues played in, in, the, uh, in the court of appeals for the, the, the circuit court of appeals, and I clerked there. So I know a little bit about the law. I've never seen, short of, the only time you see a Sunday filing in a case is if it's an appeal of something that would like would change everything, like if you didn't appeal, some a death penalty case, or something that's happening in time. Sunday morning, the prosecutors in the General Flynn case filed a pleading saying, oh, we don't want to go to sentencing now, uh, we want to delay sentencing in this because we want to spend some time and, and help look into whether the lawyers for General Flynn, who he fired, did a bad job. Now, my point here is, what are we doing here? What are we doing with prosecutors filing on a Sunday morning? What, what is this? This is insanity. And it's and be, the reason it's insanity is because it's one one word C Y A. I know it's not one word, but I'm not going to say the bad word on the air. Cover your tail. That's what this is. This is the federal prosecutors, the whatever you call it, the swamp state, the deep state swamp prosecutors, the abuse of power. They're covering their tail, and that's what they're doing. And so we now have, think of the track record we have now. We have the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, which was nothing, nothing found by anybody, anywhere, at least in the Trump campaign side of things. We don't even know if they found anything in the Hillary Clinton campaign or in, we're finding it out. Maybe we'll find out with the government. But so Flynn's supposed to go to jail because he, he, he got misled. He got played around. I don't know what he did by the FBI who were setting him up. And then setting him up and squeezing him like he was a mafia guy, like he was a mafia kingpin. And they were squeezing him, threatening his family, threatening his 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 his, li- his livelihood. His, he sold his house. He had to pay like, like treating a general like he was a mafia, like a mob guy. And that's been blown out of the water. Russia, 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 nothing. Uh, Roger Stone gets gets jail time for lying to Congress, they say, and for uh, telling other people, well, don't don't cooperate with these people. Don't play along with them. Even if he broke the letter of the law, he was trying to stop these people from taking down the president. Next, you got the Ukraine thing. where It's clearly nonsense. It's a policy disagreement, and the people in power... I mean, small P power, the ones that not, aren't the ones that were elected, but they're in power. Vinmin, others are rolled up and, and, and used by Pelosi and Schiff and Nadler. And the examples go on and on. 
And now we're in a situation where the American people have been driven wild, crazy, by the coverage of this, by the lies about it. Remember Nunes? Remember Devin Nunes, who had the memo that said the FISA courts were doing something wrong? And he was, and Adam Schiff came out and did a public meeting and said, Nunes is lying. Now we know Nunes wasn't lying. It's Schiff that was lying. Where is the accountability? Where will it come from? I mean, if you think that these people that are willing to do this much while they're out of power, what do you think they do when they're in power? I will never believe, not for the rest of my life, I will never believe I will do trust and verify up to the nth degree. And I'm a lawyer. I used to say, like, oh, I got to trust these guys. They're on our side. I will never trust the government in the same way. I will trust and verify. I, I, won't, I won't trust. I'll verify first and trust later. Because of how far gone this is. And at this point, the best thing that can happen, and I'm, I don't mean this because General Flynn is my friend, although he is. I don't mean this because Roger Flynn is my friend, uh, Roger Stone is my friend, but he is. President Trump needs to pardon these guys. He needs to pardon these guys, and then he needs to let them be witnesses to what went on. And and Roger Stone is a great storyteller. He's a great communicator. General Flynn is a great communicator. These We need these Americans to be out in America telling people what happened to them, explaining what happened to them. I, and I want, look, I want, I want people to be held accountable in government. I do. I don't know that I believe it'll ever happen because I think they cover their tail right now. Comey, Brennan, Clapper, they're running out the clock. They know more time passes that people will forget and the courts won't do it and they'll protect them. That's what the swamp does. That's what people do. Human beings, it's sinning, pathetic human beings try to run, let time pass instead of being held accountable. And they think, that eventually it all goes away. It doesn't go away in God's eye, and I hope it doesn't go away in government's eye, but I don't know. I don't know if I believe it'll be, justice will be served, but I do know something. Let's set Roger Stone and General Flynn loose on America and have them tell their truth of what happened and go through chapter and verse what these people did. If you read the its affidavit, an affidavit is filed when General Flynn filed his um, um, rescinding his, his motion to rescind his plea. You read it. It's page after page of one of the most decorated generals explaining why he got railroaded into pleading guilty and how he actually didn't understand parts of it because even his lawyers were playing the game. And and you got Stone, Roger Stone, who's getting, he's getting, if you can believe it, he's getting put into the ringer because he lied to Congress. The Congress has shown they're the biggest liars in this Congress, these last few years, biggest liars in the history of America. We got a lot of liars. These are some of the worst liars. And Stone is in trouble for trying to stop a coup. Roger Stone was trying to stop a coup. He knew it and he believed it and... He was right. He wasn't wrong. See, if he was wrong, you'd say, well, he was just Roger Stone. He was crazy. He, he thought it was a conspiracy. He thought, what? No, it's now proven. Roger Stone was right. Roger Stone knew it was a witch hunt. He knew what all this stuff they were doing, and he saw what was happening. And anything he said that wasn't perfect, I'd probably, I don't even think he lied, but if whatever it is, he was trying to stop a coup. He was trying to stop a coup of the Amer He was trying to stop them from taking out a duly elected American president. That's what he was doing. He's a patriot. They should write children's books about him in this, in what he did in this fight.
And all around him, everybody else is lying, selling out, complaining. And he's saying, hey, here's what you got. And, and here's my point. He was right. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't lying to save his own tail. It was the opposite. He ended up putting himself in a ringer. Instead, he was right. And we know that now. We know it from the Mueller report, from the Ukraine impeachment, all this, all this stuff. The, 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 the president needs to pardon these guys, and then he needs to sponsor a tour. I'll sponsor it. I'll, the, the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles will sponsor a tour, and we'll get we'll get out on the out on the uh, across America in in small groups, big groups. We'll get people to come and listen, and they'll say what exactly happened, and Roger Stone will tell him what happened, and so will Mike Flynn, and America will see, and then maybe maybe. We'll learn to trust America again. All right, I'm tired. Sorry. Uh, thank you for listening to the program, Pro America Report. Thank you to Noah, our technical director, Joanne, our producer. Thank you for listening. Be in touch. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report on The Answer. The Pro America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer, San Diego.